last 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, trial briefs have been filed on both sides of the impeachment of a former President Trump. Like, that should actually be an oxymoron. Yeah, it's interesting, to say the least. They are saying in the trial briefs that Trump is singularly responsible for inciting the January 6th insurrection, which is an unwinnable framing, in my opinion, to pin the entire thing on Trump or any one person for anything. It's a pretty unreasonable standard they're setting there. But the facts on the Democrat side are they're saying, and they're saying these are the facts, that Trump spent months telling lies about a fraudulent election and that on the 6th, he told that mob to fight like hell or they won't have a country. Never mind the fact that he said protest peacefully in that same speech. They're taking those words, fight like hell, and they're saying that that means to physically go storm the Capitol. If we use that standard and applied it across the board that we're going to be impeaching or convicting a lot of people on both sides. Now, Trump lawyers in response are saying that Trump was exercising his free speech and that there's not enough evidence to prove that his election claims were false, which is true. This is a case of fake news causes real harm. This goes all the way back to Hillary Clinton and the Pizzagate thing where the guy stormed in with a gun and we started to hear fake news causes real harm, fake news causes real harm. Let's target this disinformation. Can you imagine if Trump were to get convicted of this, especially considering the fact that there's actual election investigations going on? Yes. And legally, there's a legal process still playing out here in Georgia and some states. What would happen to the people involved in those processes? What would happen to us simply reporting on those processes that are going on? What would happen to free speech if you can take something that a president said, fight like hell, something that vague, and convict that person of inciting a riot? This would destroy free speech. It'd be gone forever. Anybody in America who cares about free speech on either side should not want there to be a conviction in the Senate trial. I had the exact same reaction. I actually wrote in my notes, quote, fight like hell, very low bar for for speech to equal action or incitement. That's what I had in my notes. Like, yeah. That was crazy. And if you know anything about the law, there has to be some kind of specificity. They look at was there an action taken, whatever. And uh, and I agree with you there. Also, those court cases are have been chronically misrepresented by the media. They are the media says over and over again. I just Chris Wallace said it most definitively on Fox from the very beginning that all those cases have been resolved or dismissed, period. And that's absolutely fake news. Not yeah. true. Yeah. The only person who spoke honestly about that in politics is Rand Paul, who had that little interaction with Stephanopoulos. Did I say it right the first time? Stephanopoulos, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, had that little interaction with him where he laid it out. He said all those cases, they were not dismissed on a consideration of the evidence. They were dismissed on process. They never considered the evidence. But there are still ones that are continuing, such yeah, as exactly. Garland's. And right. we do have more stuff from Garland. We've got another show this weekend with him. I've got a few things to say about the impeachment. I read some excerpts from those trials briefs as per the Wall Street Journal, which is already highly curated. So you're really not probably getting the best of the arguments. But some of the stuff was kind of crazy. I thought that uh, one of the things was it was just it was it said that 
the the pro impeachment, like the impeachment managers said that basically it was unthinkable, unimaginable that the founders did not give did not anticipate that there might be malfeasance in the final days of someone's office. And so it would not be possible for them to not have meant impeachment to apply straight through to the last day in office. But that is silly because impeachment is about removing someone from office. And if a lot of people had to read Democracy in America by Alexis de Tocqueville, it was from the early 1800s. French guy came over to check out the penal system, but wrote a book about a whole lot of stuff. And he identifies that it was good that impeachment was a way where a, a, a lawmaker would just be losing office. He wouldn't be like put in the gallows and want to fight to the death. So like, of course, Assad's going to fight to the death because you saw Hussein go into the gallows or um, that like the way they have it in Europe, Christine Lagarde, the, one of those um, numerous of those French guys, they get brought up on charges after they're out of office. It's, it's extremely threatening. And then you really need to maintain power and you're willing to yeah. fosters corruption. So so impeachment is is by design a very mild reprimand that simply removes somebody from office. If what they're talking about and they are saying, I don't know if they use the word treason, oh, treachery. If they're actually talking about crimes, they, you can try him for those crimes and put him in jail and you could use as a as a conviction uh, by the a trial by jury that he's stopped from future office holding as per the 14th Amendment. Like the, this is yeah. their argument, silly. And then I have something else. I, I just wonder. I've said this before, but they're saying that he spent a long time making these claims, these lies, these debunked lies about election fraud this was all done on twitter this was done on twitter for the most part so i would love to see if they're going to actually produce those tweets proving that you they have can. kept them while while keeping the public from them there are archives of them i've gotten patrons saying that there's an archive of the twitter i know they're in the library of congress so you could do some footwork and find it yeah but you're it's you're not just going to go search on twitter which right is where yeah you want yeah. To the it. point is them making it harder them they're they're taking the information for themselves right. and they're making it harder for the public yeah, to get it they're memory holing this stuff yeah. and trump uh, isn't going to fight it i don't think for reals but he also another thing that was in the wall street journal here's a quote from the journal he that trump's accused of instigating the attack on the capitol just as lawmakers were certifying President Biden's victory. That is not true. First of all, the Capitol yes. thing was in the program. Chrissy yeah. Mayer, who we have this great interview with, it's, I think we have it um, the video exclusively on Rockfin and we're going to put the audio up next week. But the she was saying she was there and they shared a program written down that said when they were going over to the Capitol and that Trump was actually slowing them down and they were freezing. So they had to turn their back on him, yeah. walk away and go to the next station, which was supposedly the Capitol. But but they weren't there certifying the Biden victory. They were there challenging the certification. Yeah. That's what why people were there showing support for what was going on inside. And here's the front page of the Wall Street Journal totally misrepresenting that. Yeah, they sabotaged the effort. It kind of reminds me of the Stacey Abrams flag thing. I won't I won't go into that, but 
yeah, they sabotaged an effort against their own interests. So it seems well, really right. bizarre. It is bizarre. And then the other thing I, I anticipated from the beginning, and I'm it seems to be unfolding this way, is in any of this conversation, I see no one defining insurrection or proving, offering evidence that there was an insurrection. No one was armed. The police did not try to stop them. And they all left by the time their buses were scheduled to leave. I would like to understand if an insurrection has to be an actual threat because there was no actual actual threat i think they'll probably pull the capitol police into this i think in prominently in the the discussion will be the fault that they play because they've kind of been teetering back and forth on blaming some of the capitol police along with also blaming people who are in the military that were involved uh in supporting trump so it wouldn't surprise me to see this take a turn against the capitol police and to lay some of the blame on their shoulders aoc during her live stream that we mentioned yesterday when she was talking about her experiences in the capitol she said she she, she knew it was the end. She thought it was the end when she heard a loud, aggressive voice bust in the door saying, where is she? Where is she? And it turns out that it was just a police officer, but he was being loud and aggressive. So she she framed this little interaction as though this police officer was a villain, even though he was coming to help her. Well, I, don't, I take everything she says with a grain of salt. That's just She's just an actress, in my opinion. She is. She's she's a good one too. She's. A good I actress. want. Um. You want to just uh, circle up back to that Tucker Carlson thing that happened the other day. Oh, I watched a Tucker Carlson segment not yesterday, but the day before, and the segment was on Marjorie Taylor Greene. I remember the name and get it right now because yes. I think about The Simpsons. Right. Marjorie Taylor Greene. He did the entire segment. It was probably an six minute segment maybe a little bit longer yeah not one time did he say her name not once he kept saying yeah focused on this one woman in congress this one house of representatives member and he also introduced her as being a house of representatives member from florida but it was definitely her because he showed her picture wow. up on the screen yeah and he said georgia at one point, he goes, this one House of Representatives mem- member with three names. And he kept emphasizing that. But never, not one time, did he say her name. And it was so strange. It took me about three-fourths of the way through. I'm like, he hasn't said her name yet. Is he not saying it because he looked at it and he was flubbing the name <laughs> during rehearsal? Or is he not saying it for other reasons? Like maybe he doesn't want people to look back in a couple months and say, Tucker Carlson gave all this airtime to Marjorie Taylor green yeah. let's try and cancel him it was just a bizarre thing we'll see yeah and let's uh, see if that unfolds into something and it is it is significant that she's from georgia not florida that yeah. adds to my idea that she's put in there on purpose lynn woods from georgia everything focuses yeah. on georgia georgia's an important place to flip to shame from the red and redeem from the blue that kind of thing i did just um before we move on i want to talk about some of the this big tech stuff, censorship stuff, the Ministry of Truth that the New York Times seems to be implementing. It's really funny because when you told me about it the other day, the reality check or whatever, which of course was Ben Swan's thing, but a reality patrol. I reality SAR. Oh, yeah. I immediately said that's a Ministry of Truth. And then I was looking on Russia Today. Their headline was like New York Times calls for a Ministry of Truth. And I just thought it was funny because it was just teed up for that. But before we move on to that, I just wanted to just go 
back to that FBI agent story yesterday and um, just I, I, I was following up to see if there was any explanation for how these two FBI agents were killed and three others wounded when they tried to serve a warrant on one man in an apartment. It was very, very strange. And uh, when you see how they normally serve warrants like that, I mean, they send SWAT teams now. It's actually a scandal how they said. So I know they're setting us up for something. There was no satisfying explanation for how this person got killed, but there was more uh, misinformation or references to previous episodes. And it said the last, the last FBI agent to be fatally shot in the line of duty was a guy in Philadelphia in 2008 who entered a house. The woman of the house whose husband was being investigated for drug charges said she didn't hear them say that it was the cops. And if her husband really was in on drugs, then she might have expected some, you know, criminals to break into her house. She shot the guy and it went through his bulletproof vest and he died. And she had a three year old child. She was they totally believed that she thought it was a burglary. She's in jail for 15 years for that because you just don't get away from with that stuff. Even though she really thought she was defending her home. I wonder how often that happens that a bullet goes through the bulletproof vest. So I cannot imagine what the hell she was packing and how close the guy was for her not to know who it was. Very strange. Who knows if it was even true. He maybe he didn't have it on right. I really don't know. But then the time before that, so the only, uh, only other time, so that was the last time an FBI agent was fatally shot in the line of duty was 13 years ago. Before that, 14 years ago, was a guy who was shot in friendly fire by another FBI agent. And so it's just so unusual for an FBI agent to be shot in the line of duty. I I mean, I continue to question what really happened in this story. And I'm 100% confident it's going to be used to launch policy initiatives. I was, when I heard that story, that was the biggest detail that stuck out to me is how infrequent it is that they get shot that it had been such a long time because you would think that it happened i mean i'm glad that it doesn't happen but you would think that it happened more it could be the nature of what the fbi is really supposed to be doing yeah that why is the fbi five fbi agents and a lot of local cops delivering a search warrant to one guy in an apartment like that's weird in itself, but they're not giving any details. So here time is passing and we still don't get any satisfying details. Yeah. Twitter on Monday blocked dozens of accounts in India, including that of a leading news magazine at the request, at the demand of the government on the grounds that the users were posting content aiming to incite violence. This is from Reuters. This story shows Twitter works with governments. I, I know that's not a surprise to anybody listening. But <laughs> Twitter yeah. work at the request of a government. They shut down free speech of another country because of in- warnings of incitement, which is very similar to what we're hearing right here. I think maybe this is a modeling thing that we're probably going to see even more of this here. We're already seeing it here. But any illusion that they're an independent private company and they can censor all they want this should just throw that into the water if, if it hasn't already been thrown into the water. Yeah, they they are 100% capable of, and I'm confident they are engaged in both surveillance and censorship, and they do it at the behest of governments, and they, they do it without any regard for our rights because they claim to be a private company. But 
I think in exchange for their cooperation, they have current and definitely historical advantages that they got from the government, especially tech or patent protection, which derives from our tax dollars. Yeah, I just wonder if there are people, there must be people who actually believe that Twitter is working with governments and Facebook is working with governments in other countries, but just not here, just not yes. in America. They're, they're yeah, re- that, refraining from doing it. That is a bizarre recurring theme in all the nefarious stuff our governments are up to. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? If Twitter UK does it to Twitter US through a back door, that might skirt some rules. Yeah. I mean, that's what the five eyes are supposed to be. Like each eye, it's like a Charlie Hebdo circle jerk. It's each eye looks, that was like a totally offensive cartoon that absolutely nobody, you know, Charlie Hebdo. I am not Charlie Hebdo. Anyway, so they look at the other guy, you know, everybody's allowed to spy on people outside their country. So they do that and then they will give the information to the country. Yeah. Of the person. They got back doors for everything so they can rationalize and say, well, we officially didn't break our own laws. We just did this in and around. And propaganda works that way, too. So it's both censorship and and surveillance. Like I always think you have to understand this virtual world is a two way pipe. They want to get all the information and they want to curate all your information. And they both of them from both propaganda you know, censorship stuff and the surveillance stuff, they have laws in place that treat outside different from inside. And then they go swap with other countries who do the same, especially the five eyes, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, US, UK, maybe South Africa. That's not dystopian. The five eyes. Yes. All seeing is enough. Do you ever see the total information awareness logo? Yes. Seen it. It's very, very Illuminati. Yeah. It's the eyeball in the pyramid that's on the dollar bill with a yellow beam of light that completely enwraps the globe. It makes you wonder when they were pitching this image or this symbol, what symbol can we use here? It just feels yeah. like somebody was like, well, we can really mess with them. This one. And Let's the logo a- yeah. is knowledge is power. That's the logo. That's the tagline. Knowledge is power. It's like you're, Sick. They've got to be messing with us at that point. <laughs> totally, totally messing. I almost it almost makes me think it's not like Illuminati yeah. or symbology or whatever. It's that just too over the top. All just crap. Yeah, because they're just feeding it to us all the time. Like I give my dog like liver snaps. You know, it's just like here, have this, have this, have this. I mean, it couldn't be more obvious if there was a lizard person wrapped around the top of the dude like the rockfin video exactly yeah that was the the world economic forum video (laughs) freaking funny when is that gonna be posted either tonight or tomorrow i'm almost done with it wow okay great awesome thank you so there was a story in the new york times that some people are talking about today and i read it actually saw it yesterday we didn't have time to get to it ways the biden administration can help solve our reality crisis so we have a crisis of reality and this article posed the question how do you unite a country in which millions of people have chosen their own version of reality and the millions of people they're talking to the problem that they're talking about are the QAnon people who believe election fraud claims people who watch oan these this is this is the problem this is the alternative reality how do we solve them how do we fix them That's the premise of this article. And it is say, 
We've seen that if left unchecked, networked conspiracy theories and online disinformation campaigns can lead to offline violence. Going back to that theme of fake news causes real violence, as they did during last month's deadly Capitol riot. They want Biden to treat conspiracy theorists and theories and disinformation as urgent threats to solve the national reality crisis. And here are the recommendations that this article makes. Number one, set up a truth commission similar to the 9-11 commission to investigate the planning and execution of the Capitol siege. So they want a 9-11 commission to investigate what happened on January 6th. That is extraordinary. And and the funny thing is, like Ron Paul, he says, those things are cover-up operations. They're Absolutely. never uncovering operations. I have never been more convinced that there's nothing to it, nothing of substance to that than yeah. in this event. Yeah. In anything else, people up and down, this is a hoax, that's a hoax. I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know. This... I mean, it doesn't even rise to the level of a hoax. It's a couple of agents provocateur, the same people over and over again. I mean, how many people scaled a wall? Like those two guys, right? <laughs> right. I right. mean, that's it. And our friend said, like, we saw these two guys, like, scaling the wall, and it was almost like a little we're you know, like, jungle yeah, gym. That's set all up they show on TV now is those two guys. And she said it was weird that, like, it was this, there was stuff there that they could climb. Like, she said, just looked out of place. And this chick, Marsh is on Washington all the time because she's a right to lifer. And if you know any rights lifers, you know they're always on a bus. They're always going down there at least once a year. I'm surprised they haven't started showing images of the crowd peacefully walking and just caption it with Trump supporters plot their break into the Capitol. Just put yeah. random, you know. Right. Rioting mob. Yeah. Rioting yeah, mob just... thinking dangerous thoughts or approaching like... Capitol. Or like what the CNN had where they showed the whole thing and then they like overlaid flames. Yeah. <laughs> In the background. It was like, wow, who lit the fire? You're like, no, that's, that's just This fake. was a far away shot. And I saw this on multiple publications where it looked like the entire Capitol was engulfed <laughs> in raging flames and fire. It, 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 it was so comical. There's, and this is just like the Russian collusion thing where when I talk to people just you know your regular democrat voter around here they they're just like well you know the the riots the riots on january 6th like it's so it's so disturbing i would laugh like, were, if somebody said that to me i know i do laugh i do laugh. this is why i am never gonna make any friends out here <laughs> <laughs> i miss atlanta they do still have the national guard in, in dc which is curious to say the least Here's the second. That, there has to be something to that because, like, the whole Portland thing yeah. was a little bit, you know, right. should we throw this yeah, deal? Should we throw it? It has to go to DC statehood. It's all going to go to DC statehood. You're probably right. The second recommendation for how Biden can fix our reality is our reality problem is to avoid the terrorist trap. I thought this one was very interesting because I saw calls from progressives, far left progressives on social media a couple weeks ago, opposing the Domestic Terrorism Act. And I thought that was interesting. I was like, what's their angle? Why are they opposing it? Well, this helps shed some light on that. They want to avoid the terrorist trap. They don't want to label these QAnon people as domestic terrorists because they fear that it could backfire the way that the proposals being structured and be used against minorities. So it's to protect minorities. They think it can be too broad. So what they want, they want oh a more gosh. narrow label. White, 
They want white in there. They didn't say that, but no, they want a more narrow label that could distinguish the type of movements and the different levels of influence within those movements. I don't even know how you what? would go about doing that. One of the examples they give is they say a paranoid retiree who spends all day reading QAnon forums isn't the same as an armed militia leader. So they want to label the armed militia leader a little more the militias deranged the than the guy. You can't be a militia leader if you're not armed. And militias are in the Constitution. Just remember. So can yeah. I get like a card, like a Vax card that like I have arab heritage does that count as non-white of kids who have puerto rican heritage you're pulling straws here you think so yeah i don't think it's gonna work for you it's just like so i have this fish tank and when it has too much you put these little strips in and then like you the color of what the strip turns tells you how much nitrogen there is in there what you don't want to hear my story i'm listening (laughs) so if it's like super super pink you like have to change the water right away but if it's pregnancy test yeah, it was not that pink, but it's a color. It's color coded. Like you have to get the exact right tone of color. Yeah. So like, you know, do I, can I take my, are Is there like a card like that strips? that you can do? <laughs> Maybe you should present some legislation. I'm tan. Have, I yeah, you're really, tan. Absolutely. I work I'm not at all. I'm not tan. Yeah, no, you're time. hopeless, but I have hope. There's a chance <laughs> for me. I might be able to get on the helicopter. I think you could be right about something here. I think in the labeling of, of these quote domestic terrorists, I think they might single out types of race. I, I don't know, but that's what it feels like. So when you hear people saying they're they're objecting to that domestic terrorism bill and they're on the far left, they're progressive, it's not because they care about free speech and stuff. They you want know, something more specific. You know how they'll do it? They'll they'll say racist and then they'll and I think this was a definitional thing in a messaging bill or at least a conversation a couple of years ago. I believe you brought it to me. Where, or it was just a clip of somebody talking on the cable news, but it was where she was saying, you cannot be a racist if you're a person of color. Right. That's how they changed the definition of racism. They actually changed it, got it changed in Webster's Dictionary to fit that. So then they don't have to say white. They can just say racist, a racist domestic terrorist. And then. Which implies white. It it would be defined to be white. Yeah. Well, then they'll so have to figure out the problem yeah, that's of, to look forward to. of black police officers, which they also kind of characterize well, as white. Well, this is where you get that, like, they don't count. You know, they're not right. going to count blue trumps yeah. black. And I, and I think that's the way, because they say, like, we're going to, these domestic terrorists are going to infiltrate the uniforms, you know? And yeah. similarly, the uniform infiltrates the soul. But I've got... I got two quick more recommendations they, they made. The third one is they want to appoint a reality czar. They want to put together a cross-agency task force to tackle disinformation and extremism. And for example, and this comes from Renee Darista. Oh, my word. Deep state to Renee. Yes. Deep state to Rista. It could formulate a safe harbor exemption that would allow platforms to share data about QAnon and other conspiracy theory <laughs> communities with researchers and government agencies without running afoul of privacy Just Q. laws. Just Q. Just Q and conspiracy right, so theories. I'm not yeah. worried. They want this to be the tip of the spear for the federal government's response right. to the reality crisis. And they'd also like to enact a social stimulus to f- and fix people's problems by doing things such as, quote, de-escalation ads, for example, moonshot CVE. You ran an ad on Google and Twitter targeting high risk, potential violent extremists with empathetic messages about mental health and mindfulness. 
Wow, that's a lot. What What is that in? This is a New York in, Times article? Yes, a New York Times article about how Biden can fix our reality crisis. Are you putting links in the show notes these days? Sometimes I can yeah, include it's this. It's so in much today. work. Yeah. I know it's so much work, but that's a really, really important. Yeah, I'll that's put it in I, there. For I sure. want to like really digest and tweet it if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. Uh, all right. So before we get to our last big story of the free 30, which for me is that Jeff Bezos is stepping down as the CEO of Amazon. And I think Bezos is sketchy AF. So I'm going to tell you why I think that. We also have some pretty fun stuff for the patron 15. I bought a ghost detector and it works. What? I'm going to have to explain it to you. It's it's pretty interesting and it might actually be something you want, not for detecting ghosts, but for something else. And I, when we're in the interdimensional sphere, I think, what are you going to bring? Well, I still know what to bring to top that. I can talk a little bit about <laughs> UFOs. There's been in some, my neighborhood, right? Yeah, I can tell you about that. And I can tell you about what's going on with Lynn Wood in Georgia. Very interesting. I also want to extend a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show. So you guys have heard the commercials that we've had for TrueHempScience.com. These super, super high quality CBD products. Well, they offer personalized service. So I called um, my guy there. And he talked to me for half an hour last night all about their products and the things that, you know, because I'm on a diet, so I'm not eating gluten-free brownies. I am not drinking my cocktails. I'm always stressed out. I worry about, you know, whatever the, the health implications of this highly artificial world that we live in. And I got so much out of it. And so I, you know, he's not, he doesn't really give advice, but he just talks to you about the products and whatever. So that was really, really helpful. And I have to say, I wear my true hemp science shirt quite a bit. It's really cool looking. And it's, oh, yeah. Everybody loves that. My kids too. They love it. They think I look cool wearing it's a the badass shirt. It is a badass shirt in, in every way. But there are a lot of other products, not just like ingestibles, but I absolutely love the sensitive skin stuff. It's completely cured my feet and the ultra sports muscle rub. I love for joint pain and that stuff's super heavy duty. But anyway, so I'm embarking on an exploratory journey of various CBD products and how they might enhance my well-being like i'm always on that path but i'm leveling up thanks very much blog to, about it blog to about your experience. well he says he puts a lot of effort into the website and customer service and everything so maybe you know what we should do is have him on um and we should do this for bill too like a live a live stream so on february 20th we're doing a live stream with adam the agorist and people who are interested in that topic are going to come and they can chat just like we do on the dpps that's uh, February 20th at noon Pacific. But maybe we could do that with with some of our sponsors who have products that people want to know more about. I think that's a great yeah, idea. Yeah, that's great I idea. just made that up right now, but it's a good <laughs> idea. So if you want to support the show, you can support our sponsors like TrueHempScience.com. You can also become a... Um, Patron. So one of the things, so you can get all the extra content, but at the higher tiers, for example, patron of the truth, which I think is $10, you get not only 
all of the extra content, but you get an invitation to the first Friday Disappearing Patron Party, which is this Friday. So if you upgrade to or become a patron of the truth or higher today, you will be invited to the Friday party. So that's fun. And if you don't want to become a patron, we just got our buttons running at thepropreport.com, one for donations and another to shop. So click through if you want some of our awesome swag that helps support the show as well. So there are a lot of ways to help us and a very big thank you to all the people who answered the call to leave us a review on their favorite podcasting platform. We've got a bunch of them overnight and we would love to have more. That really helps us get recommended to podcast listeners. And that is where our growth comes from. So thank you all for that. And now on with the show and our last big story before the patron 15. And that is... Jeff Bezos is sketchy AF. So yeah. <laughs> did I ever tell you the stuff about Jeff Bezos? So I've, I always look at these big tech guys. They're weird. They always have, I guess, three features, basically. One is they always have this humble beginning origin story, a basement or a garage or whatever. Right? You familiar with that? That yeah. ring a bell? They always are sociopath like in their interactions with other humans that comes later oh, sorry they always have um oh, what was the second one? Oh yeah like almost always have some defense or military intelligence connection through their family like a dad almost always a dad or something like that yeah okay? and then the third thing is they have what I would consider heretofore unique combination of qualities, almost contradictory combination of qualities where they're the guy, the idea guy, the tech guy, the startup guy who just hacks away with his horn rim glasses, creating like the code of the century in the, in the basement, in the garage and see that idea through from its inception to becoming the almost almost always sole player, completely dominant player in a multi-billion dollar company where they are also the CEO testifying before Congress, being out there on Twitter. They're the face job. They're the decision maker. Yeah. That combination of qualities is almost self-contradictory. And these guys all have it. And he has that. And his thing specifically, so I was looking into this and he, so I, when I saw the garage thing, so Wiki says that he, he thought of Amazon or started it up on a road trip from New York to Seattle, which is kind of weird. But the real, like the headline story is always which he started in, like I think this was on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, say which he started in his garage 26 years ago. I read an article from like 2011. What's his garage look like? That's my question. Yeah. This is what it said. This is what's so funny is that he he got I tweeted the exact quote. I won't I won't take the time to find it. But it said that he with his wife, when they moved to Seattle to take advantage of the dot com boom or whatever, something like that, that they intentionally got a small house. It was only like 900 bucks a month, but he had made sure it had a garage so that he could have that origin story. 
Are you serious? I'm serious. That was in either the journal, New York Times. I just tweeted it. Absolutely outrageous. And I was already keyed into the garage thing. And I was like, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Do you remember okay. how old he was at the time? Well, it was 26 years ago. He was probably around 30. I'm going to okay. say probably around there. Okay. So in that garage, he started his company with $300,000 from his mother and stepfather. Uh, that's really an uh, entrepreneur story working uh, up from nothing. I you know? know. And his father, his stepfather, who was Cuban, was an engineer for Exxon. He went to River Oaks in Houston, which was when I lived in Houston, we could not never be able to afford to live there and uh he went to princeton like this guy is a genuine smart guy started basically uh you know silver spoon or at least as far as the the kind of big tech stuff he had a big leg up because his grandfather his mother's father was lawrence preston geese g-i-s-e i I think it's pronounced geese maybe guys he was a regional director of the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission, which I've mentioned before, but he was a bona fide rocket scientist and missile <laughs> researcher. So he was in the defense industry and the defense industry is the parent of the of big tech. And now what Bezos spends his time on is Blue Origin, which is a suborbital orbital space flight company. So that that's what he's into. That's like what all these rich guys seem to be into. Well, I think that's why they're kind of put in place. But also, uh, one thing that they said, so he has the real bones, like he's obviously smart and whatever, unlike Jack Dorsey's freaking story, which is totally not believable. But even in Bezos's case, people say, like going back to the fact that he's still like the CEO, he's the startup guy, but he's also the CEO, that they never see him on campus. It's not like he's ever there. So I don't believe he's he really was. He's not getting his hands dirty in the factory? And here, yes, he is not. And then here's the the last thing I will say. I did not realize this blew me away. There is, guess how many employees Amazon has? Five million. Oh, no. 1.3 million. I just think, uh, you know, getting the millions is crazy. It's 1.3 million. The only well, they got these know, factories all over the country where they cram warehouses? people in the factories. Yeah, the warehouses. warehouses. But I always thought that a lot of it the was... Robots need assistance, you know? Yeah, robots. Yeah, oh, I see. They're robots, slaves. <laughs> So the the uh, the one person I know who did apply, I believe, had to give a genetic sample. I mean, I think saliva or blood. I don't think actual raw genetic material. That would be really creepy. But yeah, I don't know if he did it or not. But he was asked to give a genetic sample of either saliva or blood. I can't remember. So if you have one point three million employees and it's a you're database of DNA, way, dang. Yeah, so that's, Bezos, yikes. What do you and, think is going to happen? Do you have any ideas of how, if anything will change with Amazon? I, he's he's going to still be in the background, right? He's going to be I like a board member or something. at the stock price. I mean, my guess is that he has absolutely nothing to do with Amazon. So I can't imagine that it would, act, it would make any difference. But these things do represent symbols and it could be... The reason they did it at this time is that they were trying to make a directional change and that would impact the stock price. So I don't know, but it's just weird. Yeah, it's, I was already hearing some of the personality differences between him and the new guy they put in. Apparently, the new guy is a little more vocal and he well, just a different type of personality. But he's the cloud like. guy. 
So yeah. that's a different business. That's where they make all their money is what the news was reporting. Yeah, and anyway. that's and that's what took down Parler. And that's what where you're going to you know what I mean? Like yeah. that has a lot of power of censorship and surveillance. Like that's what I was talking about earlier. That's what the Internet is for like for the total information awareness it's the two-way pipe and they got it and they got that dna too so that could help them in the future when it comes to surveilling and and if they if they start with the social credit score to transact and they're the only game in town for buying stuff you know the possibilities are endless but i do have um some shout outs some thank yous our friend james of the blackbirdpodcast.com. I just sat down with him on January 6th and had a great chat. So if people want to listen to that, that's great. But he uh, he's a patron saint, so he gave us a shout out. I want to shout out the people who keep the chat interesting on DPP. It's the best part of the show. Oh, and you and Binkley are great too, Monica. So <laughs> he's saying, and it's true, one time I was in an emergency and I couldn't actually be in the DPP. So I was in the chat in and the it chat, is loads of fun. I think that is the most fun like feature of a community, like a podcasting community that there is. So that's usually pretty hilarious too. At times, Usually. Well, there are a few, there are a few stars that really keep just are so honest and funny. And I just, it's really good time. I really look forward to it. And I also wanted to give a shout out to all the new patrons we got over the past few days. And I actually can't even list them all. So people are answering the call. We're very grateful. James, Ben, and Hector, Jane, and Colby. So awesome. you guys know who you are. Yeah, that was that's not even all of them. I got more. So submit your shout outs. If you're a patron saint, submit your shout outs by the by. And uh, leave your reviews. And on to the patron 15. I cannot wait to tell you about my ghost detector. I can't wait to hear about it. You guys can find your drive time <laughs> news blast every week to afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform at the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that Monica was just referring to, then go to patreon.com slash propaganda report where you can get that access as well as access to the virtual parties and other things that we do. And you can also find our deep dive video content, video pod- podcast on rockfin.com propaganda report. We will We'll talk to y'all on the Patreon 15 or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Oh,